At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Vegas for Ghost Casings with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We have got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Sean Paul. He does great work over at the Field of 68. On top of that, he does a tremendous job over at Mountain West Fire. We're going to be joined by him to talk a little bit about some of the bigger moves that we've seen in recent days as we saw a pair of big-name transfers go off the board on Sunday as a pair of guys in Matthew Cleveland and George Rard head to the ACC. Going to get his thoughts there. We're also going to dive into something that I think is always interesting to take a look at. How much do we overrate teams that they make that big giant run in March? I feel like we did that a few years ago when UCLA was able to make the Final Four. They open up in the preseason number two. And not that they were a bad team or anything like that. You may recall, I believe that they made the Sweet 16. They lost to UNC in what was a little bit of a fluky game there. And then that overrated UNC coming into this past season as well. But how much do we maybe put a little bit too much stock into March and not a lot of stock into anything else? And how much of a little bit of a fool's errand is that? On top of that, we're going to be taking a look at some of the big moves that we've seen in college basketball. He's over there at Mount Westwire, and we've got to talk about a few Mount West teams, including Utah State, what they have all been doing as well. So we've got a lot on tap to talk about with Sean in segment number two. Going to talk a little bit about the fact that Bronny James is heading on over to USC as well. And then in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball on Sunday. Not necessarily the most extensive list of notes, but we saw some very notable names come off the board. And that's something else I'm going to be asking to Sean. Who are some of the big names that are still remaining that we are going to be able to take a look at and guys that could be impacting the school that they go to. So we've got a nice show on tap for you today. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letter CM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, so another relatively short first segment, but we've got a lot to be able to touch upon, and like I've been saying on this podcast, once we can get a little bit more clarity in terms of what we're seeing in the transfer portal, I'll start up with some of these conference previews. 
I think it's probably going to be most likely closer to early June rather than late May that we're going to see that clarity. But there's a little bit of a, and I hear quotes here, cut off for some of these guys entering in the transfer portal. That's coming up soon. I'll believe it when I see it from the NCAA actually enforcing some of these rules. But something that I always enforce is trying to get the best guests on this podcast. Sean Paul, he fits the bill. He's joining me next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Coast Coast Eats with myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Sean Paul does great work taking a look at the game of college basketball over at a pair of outlets, Mountain West Flyer along with the Field of 68. I know that he does a great job with the mid-major podcast as well, which you know, we'll find that wherever you get your podcast. I know that he did a great job in season with his mid-major poll as well and to be able to follow Sean Paul on Twitter, that is at Sean Paul CBB. That is S E A N on Sean, and it's always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. 
What's up, Greg? It's always a pleasure to join you, and I'm very ready to discuss some of the bigger news we've had in the college basketball offseason. It's been a hectic past couple days, and let's get into it. Absolutely, because we obviously got the Hunter Dickinson news, which that's the biggest move, in my opinion, this offseason. But over the last 48 hours as we're talking, Bronny James decided that he was going to be going to USC. Matthew Cleveland, he decides that he is going to be going to Miami. We've seen some news on the front of Joe Girard and so much more, but what has really stood out to you in, we'll just call it the last week or so, because I just ran down quite a few headlines, and all of them are going to be major game changers, but I do take a look at what we've all seen in college basketball, and I do think that this is just a case of which the rich get richer with teams like Kansas, teams like Miami, being able to get massive cogs for themselves. Certainly agree. I mean, you can't talk about the biggest moves of the offseason without mentioning Hunter Dickinson. Obviously, I felt like that whole saga was a bit played out. I felt like this was a move the whole time because you're Hunter Dickinson. You want to play for a big brand. Didn't seem like he really jived with what Michigan and Juwan Howard were doing. There was some chemistry issues on the court this year. You could tell there's no reason that team with two first-round picks and an All-American center should have missed out on the NCAA tournament entirely. But what it comes down to is he gets to play for a coach that's going to feed him constantly. That's what Bill Self has hung his hat on throughout his career. It doesn't matter who his really good big man is, whether it's Cole Aldrich or Dave McCormick or Udoka Azubuke. He's going to make those big men take shots. He's going to feed them. He's going to make sure that the guards know that they need to get the ball. You're going to see a lot of pick-and-roll stuff between him and Dewan Harris, I would assume. Harris is one of the most steady point guards in college basketball. The shooting on this team is a bit of a question. Nick Timberlake's a sniper. But Dewan Harris isn't a shooter. K.J. Adams isn't a shooter. Dickinson actually is relatively decent at shooting. He's gotten a lot better at that throughout his career, and he's probably going to be a 35-plus percent guy this year. But I think the real key here is Elmarco Jackson, the freshman guard. If he is a good, good scoring freshman like he looks like he could be, then Kansas has a chance to win the whole thing. But I think they're a few pieces away. I think they need another shooter. I think they need another wing defender. And then I think this team is locked and loaded. I do think that they are very locked and loaded in. I mean, we have seen a lot of these bigger teams being able to get some good ads via the transfer portal, but I know that we talked about this team a few weeks ago, and it is one that you do a great job of covering. And joining me on the podcast, we do have Sean Paul. He does a great job over at the Fields of 68 Couple with Eddie also does a great job over at Mountain West Wire, and I'm sure that at Mountain West Wire, you've been covering a lot of what we've been seeing out of Utah State this offseason, and they have really done a good job of adding some guys over the last week or so. Darius Brown the second is going to be following his coach in Danny Sprinkle over to Utah State along Grace Osabor. But Max Egmont Polo, he's also going to be heading over there after call what it is and work out over there at Wyoming. But what have you made out of Utah State? Because I do think that with all that we've been seeing this offseason, with all these big giant moves from teams like Kansas, West Virginia, teams like Utah State, do get a little bit lost in the shuffle. I really like what they've done this offseason, especially adding a former top 100 guy, Jackson Grant, as well. Yeah, and Sprinkles brought a lot of his guys over, and we see that a lot with coaches that go to new locations. They're going to bring the guys that they recruited to their prior school over. Jackson Grant even was committed to Montana State, decommitted, then ends up at Utah State. What we've seen with Sprinkle, especially this year, and we've seen in a few of his other years, that he's a defensive first coach. They were 77th Montana State in defensive efficiency. They're not going to shoot a ton of threes. They're probably going to look to feed Gray Osibor a lot, their big man who was really good on a per 40 basis and just in general. But he didn't have a ton of opportunities being behind a guy like Jabril Bello, who was the heart and soul of that team for a number of years over in Bozeman. 
now he's going to be the star of this of this Utah State team. And I think he's going to be a really good player in the Mountain West. Nigel Burris, shooter from Idaho, he should be a really good player. Darius Brown's a great defender coming over. And Jackson Grant, you're hoping his upside bangs because he's a former top 100 recruit. I believe he was top 50 maybe. He was somewhere in that range. Started at Washington, never found his footing there. But again, Washington has been a complete disaster over the last couple of seasons. So is that really his fault? I guess we'll find out. But Utah State, I mean, you look at the Mountain West as a whole. You have Boise State, who looks really good. I think they're a bona fide top 25 team. Nevada, although they lost Will Baker and they lost uh, Darion Williams, I still think returning Jared Lucas and Keenan Blackshear, I'm sure they'll add a few other front court pieces because they definitely need that. But they have their two best guards returning. That's going to be really important for them. You have San Diego State, of course, still returning a lot of pieces despite losing Bradley and Mensa and a slew of other players. I think this team is going to be really good still. I'm probably looking at a 5-6 range in the Mountain West for Utah State right now. I don't think they're a real contender, but they shouldn't take a huge drop-off. I don't think so either. And I know that we were talking about this team and whether or not they were going to be taking a drop-off as well. But one of the bigger moves that we did see, and I mentioned this one at the top with Matthew Cleveland, him deciding to go over to Miami. And Miami is going to be in a little bit of transition. They're going to be missing Isaiah Wong from last season, but... You're probably looking at my Nigel Pack, Wuga Poplar, along with no Chad Omir coming back. And with Matthew Cleveland returning, I'm not sure if this is going to be a Final Four team like we saw last season with Miami. And I do think that Miami were fortunate with a little bit of a charmed run during the NCAA tournament. But I absolutely love what this program has been building in recent years. And they were a team that prior to this move bringing in Matthew Cleveland was relatively silent in the transfer portal. I think that this move was one of the biggest in the offseason and exactly what they needed. I will say, I'll get into why I love this move, but I will say, I think in general, we need to tap the brakes a little bit with calling Miami a top 10 team right now. They weren't even a top 10 team for this season, and they lose Isaiah Wong from that team and Jordan Miller. I think that Matthew Cleveland is the best Jordan Miller replacement you can find because they have very similar skill sets. Both are wing-sized and they played the wing role at their previous location. But Cleveland's going to play a small ball four role at Miami. He's an improved shooter, great rebounder, really solid athlete, really good two-way player. And his ability to out-athlete some of the less athletic fours you're going to find in the ACC, his ability to take them off the dribble and drive to the basket and use his length on the glass is going to make a big difference between because we saw Jordan Miller this year. His athleticism at the four was a mismatch a lot of times. And I think we're going to see that a lot with Cleveland this season at Miami. But I don't think this is a top 10 team. I think maybe a top 15 team. Maybe. That's like a big maybe because Nigel Pack's really good. But again, for the first two months of the year, he was terrible. And then he really got it going late in the season. I think he's a really good player. But if Nigel Pack is your first option, how good is that team going to be? I think that's what we need to see. We don't know that yet. Because we saw when he was the best option on a team, it was Kansas State two years ago, and they were the worst team in the Big 12. So I think we really need to see what this team's going to look like without Isaiah Wong before we're crowning them as a top two team in the ACC. But I think this team is going to be really good. I think they're a top 25 team, but their depth is non-existent. I have questions about we're going to see from Bensley Joseph in a bigger role. What's that going to look like? What's Wuga Poplar going to look like in a bigger role? These are all really good complementary pieces, but when they have to score the basketball, what does that look like? We don't know that yet. I think that you bring up a good point with Miami as well. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Sean Paul who does a great job over at the field of 68 along with Mountain West Wire. And I do think that there are teams that they do get a little bit overrated based on the run that they make in March. And or you see the exact opposite, a team, they take a little bit of an early exit, getting upset as a 2-3 seed, what have you. They come in the next year and 
all people remember is the upset that they took in March rather than what they did during the entirety of the regular season. And how much do you want to be taking a look at some of these teams that maybe they did have a fortunate run, like I do think Miami had, and perhaps want to be sort of fading that noise a little bit towards the beginning part of the season? Because I do think that you bring up a very good point with Miami and that their offense last year was awesome, but at the same time, the defense wasn't great. And with Matthew Cleveland, it's a really good ad for this team. But at the same time, he also comes over from a Florida State team that was one of the most dreadful defenses among powerful power teams in all of college basketball. Miami almost lost to Drake. Like, let's not forget. Like, it, Drake was a really good mid-major team. I'm not going to take anything away from them. But, of course, Miami goes and beats Indiana and Houston convincingly. But they probably should have lost to Drake. They were down eight with four minutes left. Drake turned the ball over. They missed free throws. They could not get the job done. Miami was getting fouled left and right. They should have lost that game if Drake could have done a couple things correct and they just did nothing right down the stretch. So let's not forget that. I think that that is so important to keep in mind. And how much do you think that sometimes we do get lost in that? Because I do think that a team like Drake, who very nearly knocked off Miami, we aren't going to be keeping in mind that Drake could have been able to make that run had they been able to go there. A team like Memphis that just got really the short end of the stick, drawing Florida Atlantic, very nearly knocks them off in the NCAA tournament. If they win that game, they could be the team that we're talking about as like a top 10 team. I do think that with all those losses, maybe we wouldn't be putting them in the same vein as yeah, Florida Atlantic. In a second here after we finish with Miami, I'm cool with that. They have some news to talk about. Absolutely. We can hit upon that actually right now. I'll turn it over to you for that because there is some news on that front. So what are your thoughts on it? Hey, Drake brings in Atten Wright, a transfer from Cal State Northridge. He was a really solid scoring guard in the Big West. Cal State Northridge, I'm not going to put it uh, in nice terms. That team sucked. They were absolutely terrible. Trent Johnson is not a good basketball coach. I think we've known that already. But his stint at Cal State Northridge replacing Mark Gottfried further proved that point. They were 338th in offensive efficiency. They were 358th in effective field goal percentage. This team sucked. But one thing that didn't suck was at and right. And he was really their only guy you can trust to go get a bucket. Defense is keyed in on him. He was seeing a lot of dudes, multiple possessions. Like He was not having a lot of clean looks, and he was able to hit a lot of shots. This team was bad, but he was able to score 16 a game, had 42 points in a game. Atten Wright's a really good player in an, in an offense that's going to be more offensive friendly with other good offensive players like Tucker DeVries and Ethan Roberts coming in from Army. And I don't know if Sardar Calhoun has announced whether he's coming back or not, but if he comes back, that's another piece. Uh, I still think there are a few pieces away, especially a good front court piece to replace Darnell Brody. But Atten Wright, Ethan Roberts, and Tucker DeVries is a really good top three. And I think Drake is clearly the favorites in the Missouri Valley right now. There's some other teams trailing them that are relatively close, like a Belmont I think could be really good. There are a few pieces away. They did lose a recruit today. Will Shaver, the North Carolina kid, is uh, committed. He decommitted. There's a few other teams in the Valley that could be decent. That team got absolutely ravaged by the transfer portal. So I think Drake is looking like the favorites pretty clearly right now. Yep, absolutely. I do think that Drake, they get a good ad there. And then I was also bringing up a little bit before that, I mean, if Memphis would have been able to make that running the NCAA tournament as well, who knows what sort of vein we're talking about them and as well. And how much do you think that we do sort of get lost in that vortex of March with these teams like a Drake that suffers that heartbreaking loss of Miami, like a Memphis that they suffer a rough loss of Florida Atlantic and How much do you think that we might be putting a little bit just too much emphasis? We might be overrating a little bit too much. He seems like Miami. He seems like Florian Lake that 
they made those runs, but the margins were so slim in their runs. I feel comfortable saying if you make the NCAA tournament in high major leagues, at least, what happens in the regular season means nothing. It means nothing. Texas, when they lost to Abilene Christian, they won the Big 12 tournament. And then Shaka Smart, he would have entered the next season on the hot. He wouldn't have gotten fired. He would have entered the next year on the hot seat, and he probably would have gotten fired after that year because that team was going to be really bad. And then they bring in Chris Beard, and we know that's saga by now. But Shaka Smart goes Marquette. He's been great in two seasons there. But had Texas made a Sweet 16 Elite 8 run, you know where Shaka Smart would be right now? Still at Texas. He never would have left. And Chris Beard would have stayed at Texas Tech probably. And college basketball is just entirely different. That would be an interesting scenario to think about. But you think about it from a rankings perspective. I mean, UCLA is not a top five team a couple of years ago without making a Final Four run. UNC, are they even ranked in last year's preseason poll if they don't go to the national championship game? I mean, if they lost in the first round of Marquette, are they? does anybody have them realistically ranked? Probably not. I think we put a lot and probably too much stock into what happens in March, but at the end of the day is the most recent thing we see from all these teams. So I get it, and I'm guilty of it too, but as an industry, I think it's something that happens a little too often, and we put too much of an emphasis on it over comparing it to the previous three months. I mean, it's a small sample size, the NCAA tournament. I just go back to two years ago when we saw UCLA go from the first four to the final four, and then they entered into the year number two. And I thought they were going to be a good team that year, and they still did make the Sweet 16, but... but they weren't they a top-five team. They just No, weren't. they were not. They were not a top-five team. I felt like even coming into the year, top-10 was actually very fair for them, but mm-hmm. putting them number two going into the year, you could tell, yeah, this is a little bit of an overreaction. If they don't make that run in March, they just would not be there. As joining mm-hmm. me on the podcast, we do have Sean Paul. He does a great job over at the Field of 68 along with that. Does a great job over at Mountain West Wire, and I mean, it has been just a lot of action that we've been seeing the last week in general, but do have to ask you as well about what we are going to be seeing with another move that we saw from the ACC with everything that is happening with Joe Girard, the fact that he entered into the transfer portal and he has found a little bit of a new home, and I think that this is going to be very impactful for a Clemson team that it felt like they were just a piece away last season. I've never necessarily been the highest on Brad Brownell, but I feel like this could be a little bit of a different Clemson team. They are going through a few losses in the offseason, but how big of an impact do you think Gerard is for Clemson, and what are your what is your outlook on them as of right now? We know what Joe Gerard is. He's a really good shooter. I think he's better as an off-ball guard, and that's what he will do at Clemson. He will be an off-ball shooter. You can run him off screens, and I think that's where he's really effective. He's not a point guard. I just don't think he's a good enough point guard to bring you deep in an NCAA tournament or take you to a top three finish in the ACC. That's the role that Chase Hunter will play, and Chase Hunter is a really good player. He had a big-time breakout season. Then you look at P.J. Hall. He's one of the better bigs in the ACC. He's going to have a great season. Might be a first-team All-ACC guy, as maybe he should have been this year. And then you look at what else that Clemson brings in. They add Jack Clark from NC State, who is a really versatile, smaller ball four. He's athletic, can shoot it, defends, rebounds. He does all the little things and should be an important piece of the equation for Brad Brownell. This team defensively, I'd like to see what it looks like with Gerard and PJ Hall's not a great defender in space. That's going to be a big thing to see uh, for Clemson this season. 
But Chase Hunter, I feel like if he takes that next step into being an all-ACC guy after taking a big step as just being a really solid player this year to being an all-ACC guy, I think Clemson's a surefire tournament team. Their depth is a little bit questionable at this point. Jake Hypereader coming in from Air Force should be a good bench piece as like a 15 to 20-minute-per-game guy, someone that can shoot it off the bench. He's also not a good defender. So if you're noticing a trend, a lot of not good defenders on this roster. But they have a lot of shooting. They have a lot of offensive skill. I think Clemson will be a really dangerous team if they add a couple more pieces here. I think so as well. I do think that Clemson being able to bring in someone like a Joe Girard, they just wouldn't have brought in a guy like that a few years ago. So I do give Clemson some credit. It does feel like they are ascending. And, well, we shall see what happens with the good old interconference transfer with Joe Girard as there's no doubt going to be a lot of familiarity there. And, Sean, just want to throw this to you because we have seen a lot of moves happen with Bronny James committing the USC, the George Gerard news, Matthew Cleveland, Hunter Dickinson, list goes on and on. So we've seen a lot of news over the last few days. But where are some of the best players on the board that you're going to be watching out for this week? Because I think without a doubt, Ray J. Dennis, him transferring from Toledo, that is going to be something to watch out for. But are there a few other guys in the portal that you have your eye on because you feel like they could be a difference maker for wherever they end up heading to? Ray J. Dennis, obviously a big name, like you said, Illinois seems to be the favorite there, but if Arizona goes in the mix, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me or just teams like that that need a need a really solid guard. Jordan Dingle, who is Ivy League Player of the Year, averaged 23 a game. He could play anywhere he wants in the country. Noah Thomason looks like Georgia is the favorite there. Curious to see where he ends up. Grant Nelson, who went viral during the year because of his highlights. He's like, a lot of people said, like a poor man's Chet Holmgren. I don't really think he's that good. He's not a great shooter. I think his shooting's a little bit overrated, but he can block a shot. He's really athletic for his size great ball skills. I think he could be a really impactful player anywhere in the country. Isaac Jones from Idaho is a really good post-up big. He was dominant in that conference this year. Aziz Bandago as a seven-footer that swats shots like crazy. I think he's another big name. Warren Washington visited Texas Tech and TCU. And then Eshaw Johnson, who was a leading scorer in the championship game for San Diego State, visited Arizona. And he has a several other important schools after him. He's not going to be a guy that averages 12, 13 points per game anywhere, but he's a great defender, big-time athlete. He showed his scoring ability in that championship game and a couple other games in the tournament, but he was just such an important piece for what San Diego State did, and they are not in the national championship game without him. They're nowhere close to that. Yeah, there is going to be a lot of interesting names out there, to your point. The guys from Utah Valley in the transfer portal, I think, are interesting, and perhaps maybe some of those guys can go to Cal. It has been a good offseason for Cal, bringing in Mark Madsen, Fardas Amick. I think that they have done an absolutely terrific job, but even though they've done a terrific job in the portal, they aren't doing as good of a job as you do of being able to cover the game of college basketball. Sean, I know that you're locked into a little bit of everything, whether it's Kansas, Miami, Drake, or Chicago State making a move. You do a great job of being able to cover it all. You love this game much like I do, so love the good people at home. Oh, it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, go ahead and drop a follow on Twitter at Sean Paul CBB. All the content you will need to see is going to be there. That's where you can find me. Awesome. And Sean, he does a terrific job gauging everything over at the field of 68 along with Mountain West Wire. And every single time he joins this podcast, I feel like we get a little bit smarter. So big thanks awesome. to Sean for joining me on Coast Coast Seeps. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast coming up next. It's that time of the podcast. It can be a bit of a roundup as all the news and notes that we saw in college basketball on Sunday.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by Sean Paul. He does great work over at the Field of 68. Does a tremendous job as well over at Mount Westfire. We were able to talk about a lot of the latest happenings in college basketball. What we're all seeing on that front and every single time. Mr. Paul joins this podcast. I feel like we get a little bit smarter about college basketball. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now, it is that time the podcast that we give you a little bit of a roundup as everything that we saw in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Saw R.J. Louise, who was at UMass this last season, decide that he is heading over to St. John's. R.J. Louise, an all-8-10 freshman performer that was 
very solid for the UMass Minutemen this past season. Shot about 35% from three-par inches, six-foot-seven combo player, 11.5 points, 4.6 boards, a little bit over a steal per contest. The entire UMass team was dealing with some injuries. I know that Luis missed a few games last season, but he really did save his best for last as he was able to put up double figures in all but two of his final 15 games. And in those final 15 games, he shot 37% from three. He was able to register in that time span about 14 and a half points per contest. And if you want to get a little bit more specific, from January 25th on in the final 10 games that he played in, his three-point shooting percentage dipped, but in that time span, 15 points, right around six boards, 1.3 steals per contest. This guy is a bucket getter. Still do have my question marks with regards to St. John's. A lot of these guys are having to go from Iona and step up to the Big East, which I think is going to be the second-best conference in all of college basketball this season. But being able to add someone like an R.J. Luis, that is a solid gift for them. Rob Lanier, two years ago, was coaching at Georgia State, and one of those guys that he was coaching up is G.E. Mudson, and now he's going to be joining him as Mr. Hudson has decided that he is going to be heading from George State and he's going to be playing for his old coach over at SMU. This is a big impact player for SMU. Last year, Hudson in the Sunbelt Conference, 10 points, 6.8 boards per contest. At 6'7", he's able to pop a few threes. Doesn't necessarily shoot them well. A career 28.5% three-point shooter, but a low down low is able to give you about a steal, a block per contest. SMU was very much not good on the glass to say the least. So being able to get in someone like that, I think is going to be of just great importance. And if absolutely nothing else, SMU had zero depth last season. And now they're starting to add a little bit more of that. Matthew Cleveland, a former top 35 recruit that up until ACC play last season was looking like a bust-a-rooney. Overall last season, averaged 13.5 points, 7.5 boards, shot in the high 30s from three-part range. But you just take a look at what he was able to do towards the back half of the season. It was absolutely tremendous for this bunch. We are going to say from December 17th on. So final 18 games of the season, he was putting up 14.5 points, 8.5 boards, shot from three-point range, 36.2% from three-point range. He is heading on over to Miami. And I do agree with the sentiments of Sean Paul. Miami had a little bit of a charmed run in the NCAA tournament. It is still a team that they've got question marks on defense. And Matthew Cleveland comes in from a Florida State team that played absolutely none of it last season, but him coming in to replace someone like Jordan Miller with his skill set at six foot seven, the way that he was able to pop threes at about a 35% clip last season. I think that that is going to be very beneficial for them. Want to see him have active hands a little bit more. Was never really a guy that was able to generate a lot of steals, but I do think that he's going to be a solid fit for Miami, and I do think that that is a good get at this point in the transfer portal. Nick Ellington, he was playing over at Eastern Illinois this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Murray State. Began his career in the state of Missouri at the community college level. This last year over at Eastern Illinois, 7.5 points, right around 4.5 boards, a block per contest. That guy that's going to go out there and shoot threes at six foot eight, but Murray State, they were really lacking a lot of toughness down low other than DJ Burns. They weren't able to have a whole lot of anything, so being able to get someone like this in, even though he's probably not going to be too much of a scorer, Ellington should be able to make a little bit of an impact for this Murray State bunch. We saw Joe Girard decide that he is going from Syracuse to Clemson. Talked about this a little bit with Sean Paul. Absolutely love his overall scoring game as last year. Shot 38% from three, 85.5% the free throw line, 16.5 points, 
right around three assists per game. Prior to last year, he was averaging about a steal and a half per contest as well, just 0.8 this season. Now it is a Clemson team that they're not going to go out there and get a whole bunch of seals or anything like that, but I do think that he is going to be able to help out and be a solid role player in terms of this defense. He's Already used to playing in a Syracuse system in which sometimes they'll play fast, sometimes they'll play slow. Clemson can always play at a little bit of slower style, so I don't think that there's going to be any difficulty in being able to mold his game into what Brian Al wants, and I do think that Clemson on the up and up. Kiba Njai, he was playing this last season at Penn State. He is going to be transferring over to play for Micah Shrewsbury over at Notre Dame. He saw 26 starts this last season. Didn't see a lot of minutes with 14 minutes per contest. Was able to put up 3.5 points, 3.5 boards per contest at 6'10". I do think that there's a little bit of upside with him. He wasn't quite a top 100 recruit or anything like that when he was coming out of high school. But at the same time, he was a guy that was ranked more in the top 150-ish range. He's not going to be lighting it up in terms of versatility, popping threes or anything like that. But at 6'10", 240, he's able to give the team a little bit of rim protection. Going to be interesting to see how Micah Shrewsbury runs his offense. He's the number one at Notre Dame. But with Njai, I do think that he's going to be able to provide an impact. And if absolutely nothing else, he can be what he was at Penn State. Just a guy that is able to give you a couple of rebounds here and there and a little bit of a situational big man. Will Shaver, I know that Sean was talking about this, the fact that he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Just did not see minutes at North Carolina. Only played three games this last season. If you take a look at his recruitment, he was the number two recruit in the state of Alabama in 2021, according to 247 Sports. Former top 150 recruit at 6'10", 260. Certainly is able to be a rock-solid big man, so we're going to see where he is going to be ending up, but that could be a case of one team's just unwanted goods could be very good for someone else. And for CSUN, we saw a lot of guys enter into the transfer portal this offseason, as with Cal State Northridge, they've got two additions to the transfer portal, and a guy that was already in there that made his decision on where he wants to go. We were talking about this with Sean Paul, the fact that Aiton Wright is going to be going to Drake, and I do think that he's going to be able to fit that Drake mold as this last season shot about 33% from three over at CSUN, but... Do keep in mind, a bad shot for him was better than a good shot for someone else as CSUN 302nd in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. But for Wright, 16.5 points, 1.5 steals per game. He was able to give the team a little bit over three rebounds per contest. Probably not going to be asked to facilitate at all. Drake, though, Roman Penn, I believe, is out of eligibility after 500 years in college basketball. But I think that's a good gift for them. And then Marcel Stevens along with Cam Slaymaker are in the transfer portal as well. With Stevens, it wasn't like he put up massive numbers, but he was able to see 11 starts this last season. He was able to give the team right around four points per contest, shot 38% from three-point range, so did a little bit of something. And for Slaymaker, right around three points per contest. Once again, someone that didn't see a whole lot of minutes, he shot more around 25% from three-point range, so we shall see what their prospects are. We now know what the prospects are for Duke Mordor, he was playing last season over at South Florida, and he has decided that he is going to be heading on over to Cleveland State. And Cleveland State has had a lot of success bringing some of these guys in. And do keep in mind, the guy that was there prior to this current regime and Dennis Gates, he was a guy from the state of Florida with Mordor. He just didn't see a lot of playing time whatsoever when he was at South Florida. He was sort of in the shadow of Russell Chewa, was able to give the team about a point, a rebound per contest. Someone who's got a nice frame at six foot eleven, two hundred five. 
very raw player, but if he's able to be developed, which Cleveland State has a little bit of a track record of being able to do so, I think that that is going to be very beneficial for them. And then we did see Jalen Hawkins, who last season didn't necessarily put up big numbers while it was over at Morehead State two seasons ago at Norfolk State. Was able to give the team 13 points, 3.5 boards, shot 35.5% from three this past year. Just 8 points per contest at Morehead State. Only saw 6 starts. He has decided that he is going to be heading on over to Tarleton State. For Hawkins, it's all about whether or not he's going to be able to have active hands. Tarleton State, one of the best teams at being able to generate turnovers in all of college basketball. But take a look at what he did at Norfolk State two seasons ago. 1.3 steals per contest. I do think that he's going to be able to fit that system. I do think that he's going to be able to have success. And that's what it's all about. Trying to have success making money in college basketball. That's what we're looking to do on this podcast. Keep you guys up to date with a little bit of everything. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, let us see them. does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. A big thanks to Sean Paul over at the Field of 68 and Mount West Wire. Join me in segment number two. I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. Rain or shine, regular season or off-season, that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.